I have a treat for you today. I actually have a treat for you the next three days because I am bringing on some sparked second half souls. Well, I actually, I think most of my guests are sparked second half souls because that's who I like to talk to. Uh, but these guests are students who, when I first met them, they were not sparked. They were very unsparked. So they came in to the second half spark school and completely changed. And so I love them and they are amazing and they have great stories. And since enrollment for the second half spark school is open this week, and if you're tuning in a little late, I'm sorry, <laughs> you can get on the wait list and go to my website and get on the wait list for the next time we open. Yeah. So this is, this is the time. This is my winter, I call it winter 23 cohort. And these ladies have graduated from the school <laughs> and they have really interesting stories to share of um, how they came in, how they found me. They went through my free training. One of them went through several times. So she shares that. But yeah, when you're ready, you're ready and you can't force it. But um, some people hesitate. And the sooner you make the decision, the sooner you'll get sparked. It happens very quickly. And so with no further ado, here are Denise and Karen. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Hello, Denise and Karen. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I'm going to go ahead and ask each of you to introduce yourselves, just a short little like bio of who you are, where you live, and just something about you. So let's start with Denise. Well, hello. My name is Denise. Um, I'm 50 years old. I live in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I have two grown children. Um, my my last one is just about ready to move out. He just bought a house. I am a nurse. I joined Lori two years ago at a very difficult time in my life. I was actually out of work with COVID for, for a very long time and very scary times. And I was just at a crossroads at that time. And, and she just came across my path at exactly the right moment. And, and since then, my life's changed in ways that I couldn't have even imagined back then. So I'm so grateful to be here and to be able to talk about my journey and, and how this whole process has helped me become who I am today. It yeah, really is one of the best versions I could have imagined for myself at this point in my life. That's so great. Yeah. I think, weren't you home on, what is it? Short-term disability or something? Yeah. yeah. Ended up being long-term. 18 months I was out of work Yeah, with long-haul COVID. I was really sick. Yeah. And um, I've got to give you a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. You probably didn't feel great, but you still showed up. You came on the calls. You did the course work that is required. You could have been just staying, laying in bed and just not doing anything. It was a struggle like it was, but it was the hardest work, I think, for many reasons. One of them is because I was so sick and because I was so tired and I had the brain fog and just mm. the mental stamina wasn't there. And sometimes the homework would literally take me the entire week to do, but it was the best work that I did. And I'm so grateful that I had that time to do it and to be able to really take my time and not do it as a as an afterthought because I was so busy with work or anything else. Like it really did consume my entire week because of what I was going through. Like it's, I think it's manageable otherwise, but it was, it was, it really came across at a time when I needed it most. It was kismet. Yeah. Kismet. <laughs> Not to sound corny, yeah. but it was. Yeah. And as I recall, you struggled. I don't know if your voice 
was like this before you had COVID, but I know that because it's husky, but you had a hard time even talking. Oh yeah. 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 I couldn't even talk without coughing. I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. My voice, the this, breathing was this really is at hard. the end of the day. Yeah. Our breathing was awful. And I thank God we were on mute because I would be coughing through the whole Zoom session. Like we could not have a conversation like this without me coughing so bad. Sometimes I'd, I'd vomit. So it was, it was awful. Yeah. Well, and this voice is like a, a gift of COVID. Oh, yeah. Well, it's well, kind of yeah. it's unique and it's kind of sexy. <laughs> my husband likes when it goes out entirely. <laughs> yeah, I like the house of my husband, but yes. All right, Karen, why don't you intro your, yourself? I am 63. I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and it's 13 degrees today. Burr. Um, yeah. So, um, I am a widow of 16 years. My husband passed away in 2007. We had six children. So my kids range from 30 to 43. They're all grown up and out of the house. And I have one daughter who lives with me. We're kind of more like roommates. <laughs> and um, I have 12 grandchildren and recently retired a year ago. So I just got tired of the workforce and found a lot of other things to do. Yes. <laughs> busy. And Karen smiles so much more than when I met her. There's a big difference from when I first met you. Well, we met a long time ago because the funny story about Karen is she came to four of my free trainings and then finally uh, joined the second half park school. So that, that, that's great that she kept coming back. She, I guess, liked it. So she kept coming back. All right. I'm going to ask them some questions and we're going to learn a little bit more about them. Yeah, I wanted to know, clearly you were sick, Denise, when you came in to the Second Ops Park School. What was in, in you that thought, I can do this, I'm sick, but I can do this? And, and were you afraid of like failing or not being healthy enough to get through it? And so what was going on, if you can recall? All of that, a huge fear of failing, a huge fear of what I... I actually was a bedside nurse at the time and I had every intention of going back to that, that position, every intention of being a bedside nurse when I was done. But the fear was that I didn't, I just, I guess it was the unknown, right? The fear was that I couldn't, um, I was, I was very skeptical, honestly, of this program. Like I, I, I was like, and, but I was desperate because I was in a really dark place. I was, I don't remember what exactly you said, but you know, the spark sisters, right? Like I felt lifeless and it was part of the illness, but as a bedside nurse, even before I got COVID, I was definitely, I think I was running on adrenaline, just being at the bedside, you know, it was unprecedented times in the hospital and I just, nothing brought me joy, nothing. There was no spark. And I was just in a place that I didn't like who I was as a person. I didn't like, I had no, nothing to look forward to. There was, I don't want to say no joy because in a lot of ways I have, a, I had a wonderful life and I do have a wonderful life, but there was just nothing inside, nothing. And I didn't like myself. Right. And I needed to change. And I don't know what made me think I could do it. But at the same time, I was like, I need to do something because I can't be like this in my head. I was so mean to myself, so mean. And so- What does that mean? What, like, what, describe what mean is. Oh my gosh. You, so you, the pets and ants, right? And I remember you had us write things down and the stuff I said to myself, I wouldn't say to my worst enemy. The, the, I said to myself- So, so just some people know ants- it's a name that I created. Um, so actually ants, I learned in my neuro coaching, but I created pets. I created that acronym, but yeah. So ants are automated negative thoughts and pets are positive, empowering thoughts. And so what I teach inside my school is for people to capture those ants that come up and we all have them. And, and we, mm -hmm. and we, and as we up level new ones come in, um, but it's really hard to create pets when you're not feeling positive. And so it's kind of like you're creating these, these statements <clears throat> that you kind of, you really don't believe yet. And so it's kind of getting you to a point of believing them. So that's what Denise is talking about. Yes. I still find myself saying things once in a while and I turn it right around and I always giggle when I do it, but I was catching myself, calling myself a moron. And sometimes there are a couple of other words in there um, that aren't very nice several times a day. 
constantly. Every time I, oh, you're a moron. And when I realized how, and that was just one, like of the many, how often I was degrading myself and I had no faith in myself, no belief that I could do much. And in fact, I can do a lot and I'm pretty powerful when I set my mind to it and when I believe in myself. And that was probably, that was an early on exercise. And that was probably the first aha moment, like, whoa, I really am horrible to myself. You know what thing that resonated to me, what you were saying is that you didn't feel like, I forget how you put it, like you didn't have life in you, because I think is how you put it. And what just coincidentally, yeah. um, so I, I'm in this mastermind with other people who have businesses, online businesses, and a, a new group just came in. And this guy posted today, and he said, I just realized what I want to do. I want to help people find purpose because, and this is crazy. He is a medium and he said, I talk to the dead. He said, I really talk to the dead. And he goes, and it's really draining work. It's a lot of energy work and you're just depleting your energy. First of all, there's only so many hours in the day, so many dead people you can talk to in a day. And then you can't like scale that, right? So he's thinking, how can I help the world with this special thing I do? And you know what he said? It was like the dead people tell me that too many people aren't living too many people aren't really alive. They're not living their best life. They're, they're just surviving really. And I don't know if that's, you know, I think there's a lot of that now because of what we've been through the pandemic too, but that's a huge message that I think people, and, and I, I think somebody listening is going to resonate with what you said about feeling like you didn't really have this life in you. I thought that was just really no. something to share. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You just so, gave me chills when you said that. Yeah. When, yeah. Because you're right. Like survival mode. And that's yeah. what it was. And it's it's just not a way to live. And it's not the way I want to look back at my life. And I'm not saying every day is, is sunshine and rainbows, but last year was one of the best years of my entire life, the yeah. last 12 months. Yeah. And, and in that, I was still battling COVID. I battled cancer. I started a new job. But oh, don't get ahead of yourself of now. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it all away up in the front of the Sorry. <laughs> all right. So let's get to Karen. So what were your fears? Clearly, Karen, you hesitated on coming into the Spark School, um, but I know you're, you had life stuff going on. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons. And, and I think you came at the right time for you because you really embraced it all so well. But yeah, do you recall back when you first signed up making that commitment? I feel like I overthink everything. And so I didn't want to move on and make a commitment until I understood basics. And I think that's why I wanted to review it a couple of times. Even when I post something on Facebook, I read through it four times. I double read text to make sure I'm saying the right thing in the right way to people. Yeah. And we'll, I, I want you to tell your story too, about what that big breakthrough you had too, because that was really, really fun to witness that you going through that and, and just being so empowered after you realized that. So that brings me to what was your biggest realization or aha moment as you're going through the program? So Karen, I want to start with you. Let's just go back to um, you. I was very worried that I, I had no idea what my purpose was. It was almost like I didn't want to move forward until I had this great grand purpose. And really, there is no great grand purpose. Your purpose can change in the seasons of your life from week to week. Um, you can set a goal. And if it doesn't come to fruition, you can change it and tweak it a little bit and make your purpose something different. I want to interject there because, and this is why I'm really honing in on this subject and this training that I'm getting ready to do, which is now done now that this is going out there, but it's done now, but uh, I'm getting ready to do it. Uh, it is purposeful. It's the activity and the doing and having meaning behind that doing. And people do make it so grand. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. And I think through the whole program, there are shifts that happen and you don't want in your life your shifts to stop, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of life left. And you, um, so you keep finding a new purpose and keep going forward with new goals and 
and new shifts and new aha moments to <laughs> to fulfill that purpose, which is always moving you forward because we're not moving forward. We're dead inside, right? Like Denise said. Yeah. And you've done some real stepping out of your comfort zone recently. Karen started playing the ukulele and she's been such a, a big inspiration to us in the group. She's gotten and done video and posted in the group, uh, the student group, uh, inspired me to go buy a ukulele, but she went out to a meetup. So yeah, that was cool. I saw you do that. Yeah, that was just like two weeks ago. So my ukulele story is 20 years ago, this ukulele was purchased when my husband and I were in Hawaii. And he was very musical. He played the ukulele and the guitar. And I am um, so this ukulele kind of just sat in the corner for 15 years. My daughter took it to college one semester and learned it a little bit. But one of my goals or wishes, um, wishes. the program was just to get music back and to have something fun to do. And almost as soon as I put that goal into words, I saw a free training at a community college close by and I signed up and went to that and then one of your podcasts you and it was really just within a matter of a week or two one of your podcasts was interviewing Matt Parkin who is a ukulele teacher in England and I was extremely inspired by the very end of the podcast he said I think your question was what is something you can tell people to have purpose in their lives or something and he said, never say, I can't do something. Always say, I can't do it yet. I can't play the ukulele yet. I can't whatever it is yet, because there's always time in your future. And if you just get a little thought. And so I went online, I signed up for one of his classes. So I've been taking a class with a group of people who are in England and I've learned a lot of things and I can play a bunch of songs and I just do it for myself. I do it for fun. I play for my grandkids once in a while. And when I'm really brave, I'll make a video and post it on certain places or send it to my children. So many people will not post a video. And so the fact that you're learning ukulele, you haven't mastered it yet. And I don't know how many videos you've posted before, but probably not many. I don't know if that was the first time you've done that, but uh, that is pushing through your fear. I imagine that was a little scary. Yes. And the first time that I did that, I had a friend who, I don't know, she, she put a picture on Facebook of some artwork she had done. And all she said was, are you brave enough to do something scary? Something like that. And I thought, how can I measure myself later unless I take a leap and do something that's going to be really scary and see what people say. And so I just recorded me singing, I think, um, You Are My Sunshine, yeah. which is a very basic early beginner song. That's great. And um, Great for grandkids. So Denise, what was your biggest aha? I remember you told me, it was so funny because, you know, I, I have two parts of my program and one is six weeks and then you can stay with me longer. Um, and so it's interesting because Karen did the longer one, Denise didn't, but that's okay. But um, so I don't hear from students sometimes, but, you know, I'm just like, I'll see them in the group. Sometimes they'll post or I'll hear from them. They'll send me a message. So I get this message out of the blue from Denise and oh my gosh, she's like, I can't believe it. All the things that I dreamed in the school, they've all come true except for your trip to Greece, which was getting booked as you were writing it. And so I was like, well, tell me more. You got to come on the podcast and talk about it. But one of the things that I loved that you said is that you thought I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, well, that's priceless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't tell me that <laughs> initially. So yeah. So what did you recall right. what your biggest aha was in that time frame? I had a couple, like to kind of piggyback on, on what Karen was saying is that it's interesting your purpose really can be fluid, right? It doesn't have to be this grand thing, right? It can be different and it can be different to different aspects in your life, right? So I remember that, so aside from the ants and the pets, that was like one of the first ones that was just really shocking. And then I remember we were talking about like one of my bigger fears was that I'll never retire, right? Because I didn't set myself up earlier in my career and 
you know, I'm really concerned with that and blah, blah, blah. And you, you actually said something, you were like, well, what if you found a job that you never want to retire from? And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really love that answer at the moment, but I was like, all right, but you weren't wrong. Right. Like for the first time, I'm in a job that I absolutely love. And it was, again, changing my purpose. Like my goal, my goal wasn't, okay, my end game is to retire so that I can enjoy X, Y, and Z. Why aren't I enjoying my life now and having my purpose now and not late? I want to have it later too, but I got to live now. And I feel like that that was kind of like like almost like a slap across the face that I needed to say, all right, like I have a few years before retirement and- you know, at the time I was in a job that I wasn't loving, it was rewarding and I love being a nurse, but you know, with COVID and everything, it wasn't something that it was no longer fun. You know, it was, it's hard. And I guess that was a a huge aha moment was that the purpose doesn't have to necessarily be the future. It's something that I can kind of, I can build right now. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that the aha moment wasn't so much, what am I going to do 20 years from now? It was building my life now and doing something that I really do enjoy now and work. And, um, and I do, and I love it. And, and part in this program helped me find this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think what comes up for me is, and just so people know that you are a nurse before and you're a nurse now. And I Mm -hmm. think what is interesting because, uh, you know, Nancy Dubay, who was a nurse as well, was very similar to you. She hated her job. And so, the work within that job, the activity that you do as a nurse, caring for people and being a nurturer kind of, that's innate in you, but it, it, the environment might be wrong. The setting might be wrong. The people might be, you know, it's, it's, it has to be aligned with who you are. And I remember with Nancy, one of the things that she valued spending time with her patients, she was in this rigid environment where she could only spend 15 minutes and she had to fill out all these forms. So she would go in and ask them questions from this form and she couldn't do what she loved. And so um, I think it's also important for people to know that just because you're in the wrong, uh, you, you you might think, oh, I can't be a nurse because I hate being a nurse. No, it's, it. you got to look at the whole picture and what is causing you to not like it. You had said to me, write down what you want. And you said, don't think about how you're going to get it. Write down what you want. And again, I was like, okay, I don't understand this. And I did that. And I wrote down things that does not align with my job in any shape, way, or form. I wrote down the things that I loved about my job. And then I wrote down the things that I wanted. And they were two different careers in my mind. Like they didn't go hand in hand. And yet here I am. And I have that job, all of it. And it's like, I get chills when I think about it, that I never in a million years thought that it was possible. And here it is. And, and I'm still a nurse, like you said, and I'm still caring for people and it checks every box, yeah. every single box. Yeah. How crazy is that? And we'll, we'll get back to how it went down because I find that very fascinating too. So, but you put it out in the universe and the universe yeah. uh, heard you. It heard me. The yeah. other aha moment, this was another one that kind of hit me. And I remember one of the exercises was to write down people who I perceived as happy, right? And I wrote down the list and these people to this day, I, I look at them and I consider them happy. And afterwards I went back to the list and I wasn't on it. And that was an aha moment. Like, whoa, why aren't I on that list? I want to be on that list. And that was kind of like a, like a feel sorry for myself for a minute. And then I was like, nope, put on my big girl pants and I'm going to be on that list. I'm going to consider myself a listed person. And that was a big moment for me that didn't even occur to me to put me on that list. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. One of the things that I teach people to do, we just go in autopilot. I mean, our brains on an autopilot. That's why I wanted to call this training I did awakening because we're asleep. (laughs) We're very asleep. Mm -hmm. We do things not consciously. We're not even aware of it. And so it's a lot of like shifting to understand what's going on. And so what I teach people to move towards is to be a scientist, right? Be the, be the observer of what you're doing. It really helps to look at your situation and your reactions and et cetera. 
Uh, and so now that you guys are the observers <laughs> or being the observer of you, what do you think? And we'll start with Karen of the Karen before and the Karen now. So I'd love to hear what you think shifted, how you're different now. Some of the things that I've learned is that you just have to keep moving forward as you're figuring things out. And when early on, when I was doing the free training, I was not happy in my job. I was thinking about how I, I, I figured I was too close to retirement to make a change. And um, I just would have to live with not being happy, right? Then we had to work from home. I hated that. We went back to the office. It was so stressful. There was a girl who worked in the office next to me who started being very critical at the way I did everything, almost to the point of maybe bullying me a little bit. Oh, and, I remember you sharing that. You shared uh, that in one of the, in the free Facebook group that I did, I maybe, think. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so she would criticize the way I wrote emails just little things. And it got to where I just quit talking to her. She was very negative to me. And then another girl moved in from another office who was down the hall. So the two of them were very whispery and it just was causing me a lot of anxiety. And it was a very negative atmosphere. While I was on the sidelines going through your program a couple of times, thinking about how can I retire or what should my next step be? I kept meeting people who would say things about retirement, or I um, talked to, I don't know, four or five different people at Social Security, trying to figure out what my circumstances were, because there's so many different circumstances to get Social Security. And because I was a widow, I had husband benefits and things like that, that most people don't have to, to go through. And um, anyway, when I finally made the leap to retire, we were on a, a coaching session. And I was talking about these girls who were causing me stress. And you said, what if those people were put in front of you to help you make these decisions? And it was just so enlightening <laughs> that when you're trying to find your purpose, things don't always fall into place exactly right. Sometimes you're put through some tough stuff to figure out the changes that you want to make that no, I don't want to stay in this job for another year or however long it's going to be, that I need to make a change now. I need to start looking for options. And so the negative are aha moments just as much as the positives. Yeah. And, and that was just so enlightening when you said that. What if these people were put in your path for this reason? And um, so my whole perspective has changed that you don't always have to look through the rose-colored glasses to the greener side of the field, right? Sometimes you got to walk through the mud to figure it out. And those times are just as important and just as helpful as whatever the rosy moments are. Yeah, that's so great. When I think about, you know, the question that I asked is, you weren't an observer before, so it's hard to have that perspective. It's a perspective shift, and now you're so aware. So I love yeah, that. It's a lot of things you don't realize till hindsight. But um, if you ask these questions, you can kind of see the shifts that are going on right now that are helping. Mm -hmm. So that's where the perspective changes is to kind of look at the past, the present and the future all at the same time. Yeah, there's quite a few people in the free group right now who have said, I'm not retiring because I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm pushing off retiring because I'm scared or whatever. And they're pushing off really living. Hopefully the training will help them come to a different perspective on that. So Denise, how do you feel about yourself now that you're on the other side? So not that long ago, I was actually having lunch with a friend and we were talking about, about the, actually this training and, and how I changed and some of the things that I've kind of brought into my, to a regular practice, if you will. And she's a friend that I was friendly with for probably the last 10 years but I want to say in the last two years, we've gotten really, really close. And I kind of sat there for a minute and I started thinking about who's in my life, who's in my circle. And I've noticed that the people that are on a similar path as mine, as, as growing and evolving and, and, and not just manifesting, but all the growth that I've learned in your class and, and, and the person that I want to become, I've brought those people closer to me that are on the same journey as me. 
and I've really tightened my circle with those and the people that are on a, just a different path. I've distanced myself a little bit. So I've really surrounded myself with the people that help me to continue to grow. And I kind of love that because I feel like I'm always being challenged. We're motivating each other to how can we be better or how can we do this different or how can I look at this differently? You know, when I kind of go through some, you know, like everybody, you have challenging situations in your life and I'm a reactor and the old Denise would let it consume me. And I'm going through a little situation right now where it started to consume me. And I took a giant step back and I was like, whoa, this is not how I want to be. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be resentful. I don't want to, this needs to stop. And I let go and I'm processing it different. And I put out there what I want out of this situation. But at the same time, I put it out to the universe, but I don't expect it to go out the way that I want. But I'm not afraid to ask. Does that make sense without sounding too weird? Yeah, that this yeah. is what I hope for, but it is what it is. If it doesn't, I'm trying to be more accepting and before it would consume me and I'd be angry and it would be all that I'm talking about, thinking about. And I'm so really proud of how I'm processing this because it's kind of a big deal, but at the same time, I'm not letting it ruin anything or affect the relationships that it normally would affect. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're applying, so, you're using the tools that you learned and you, you can yeah. continue to apply them and continue to be a better master of them. I love the, the, what you said about that you, the people that you associate more with and that you look for are people who will challenge you. And I, I just want to encourage people to take a look at that because uh, if you feel like you're the person in the group, who's always giving advice, uh, you need, you need to level up who you associate with because somebody told me once they always wanted to be this, the dumbest person in the room because they had, would have so much to learn. I think that is such a good, uh, I love that, that suggestion and that uh, way of looking at it. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because not that long ago, I, I tend to be very insecure, but I've learned that we're always evolving. And I do like being the person that is not the one giving advice. Cause I used to be that person. Do you know what I mean? That I was always giving everybody all the advice people would, and my, like my close friends still do come to me, but I go to them too. So it's definitely, it goes both ways, but I think it's important to be challenged regularly. And I think yeah, it's, it's good on, on so many different levels. Yeah. I, I mean, I can use an analogy of you're out treading water and you've got all these people grabbing your different limbs, <laughs> you know, and they're just like <laughs> pulling you under. That's kind of what it is. Um, yeah. So now I want to close with you each telling your, you both have a good story. Denise's story of the route she took was so unexpected. It's like, that's why we can't ever know. We can put out there what we want, but we have no control over how it's going to roll, how it's going to roll. And the path that we're given is often one way, if we knew, we'd be like, <laughs> no, thank you. I'll stay where I am. Right. 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 Um, it's the mountain you got to climb before you kind of like ride down the other side. And then of course, Karen has this great car story. So let's start with Denise. Let's go first with Denise. All right. So we're going to dial it back to uh, almost two years, right? Yeah. Two years now when I started this, I was um, out of work. I had COVID. Didn't even know what long haul COVID was at that time. I just knew that I wasn't getting better and the symptoms were, they were significant and they were truly affecting my life. Like I couldn't do anything. Um, I started this journey. Like I said, I was in a dark place and I was on steroids and I was on all these medications to open up my airways. Um, wasn't getting better. Wasn't getting better. Went through the program and I put out there crazy things. I mean, I, obviously I wanted ultimate health. That was, that was number one. I wanted this job and I, I wrote down all these crazy expectations, not expectations, wants for a job. Like I wanted autonomy. I wanted to, to work with a flexible schedule. I still wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to make money. I wanted to make a difference, but I, I didn't want to be exhausted at the end of the day. Um, you want so your I weekends off, there, I recall. So you wanted more weekend, money oh yeah, and your weekends, weekends off. off. Yeah, yeah. More money, weekends and holidays off, no nights, right? And I was like giggling as I'm writing it. I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm just going to keep going. So with that, I kept going. And I said, I want to go to Greece and I want to learn how to speak Greek and not to sound shallow. I was like, I want a Louis bag, just something I never bought myself. And I don't even remember what else I wrote, but 
And so I wrote that list, I put it aside. So fast forward, I go through the program, I'm still pretty sick with COVID and they find this, these weird labs in my, in my blood work and, and I go through all kinds of testing and uh, they take out, they, they, they go to take out my parathyroid because my labs were off and because I had bone loss and they thought the bone loss was because of my parathyroid. And as it turns out, it was most likely due to my excessive steroid use when I had COVID, when I was first um, diagnosed with COVID and I had a lot of bone loss. So when they went to go do the surgery, my parathyroids were actually okay, but they found cancer that they hadn't detected in all of my scans and all the testing they were doing for my parathyroid. And it ended up being caught very early, but it was actually a pretty aggressive one. It was undetectable, but it was already in some lymph nodes in my neck. Um, so had I not had COVID and been on all those steroids and lost some bone, which some people would be like, oh, that stinks. But it was actually a good thing because they opened up my neck. And by the time they would have found my cancer, it could have been pretty advanced. And the type I have does metastasize to other parts of your body. Um, so optimal health, I'm not quite there, but they nipped this cancer quickly. And I got, it was surgically removed. I went through one round of treatment and I'm done and I'm still cancer-free. It's now been a year, a year this week since I've had my surgery. I found my list and I almost passed out. That's when I emailed Lori. My job, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse case manager. I work out of my home with my kitties. I well, go didn't you also, like, didn't you get fired? Oh, I got fired. Yeah, right. you got fired, got fired for being sick. I got fired for being sick. Then I found out I had cancer. And she was so upset uh, that she lost surgeries. the job she hated. <laughs> yeah. I hated the job, but loved my career, if that makes any sense, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was devastated. I've never been fired. I'm great at what I do. And um, I was so, I mean, I was pretty upset about that. But when I did go through the cancer, I remember, like what, like I just said, like I was like, this really does, sometimes bad things really do happen for good reasons. And here I am. I've got the job. And then, I, I, and then a, the friend called out of the blue, like, oh, right. You didn't even really, apply, you didn't really apply. I hadn't applied. She called me and she's like, Denise, we have a job posting. I think you'd be perfect. I need you to apply. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm still too sick. She was like, Denise, get on the computer right now. This is the website. You can always say no. And I remember I hung up and I was aggravated because she was pushing me, but I was like, what's the worst that could happen? So I applied and they called me. And I explained what was going on. And they were like, you start when you can start. Don't you worry about, we want you. And wow. I was like, wait, what? And then I asked them for money that I was like, I'm just going to put it out there. And they were like, sure. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like they yeah. didn't even negotiate. So I was like, should I have asked for more? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So it was like all these things, like they fell in my lap. You know, I mean, not that I didn't do the work, but at the same time, the opportunities presented themselves because I asked for it. And it's just the journey really has been it's been the hardest journey this year, but it's also been so rewarding in so many ways. Like I, on New Year's Day, I remember looking back with my husband and say, wow, what a year we just had. We really had like the craziest year we've ever had as a couple of them for 22 years now. And but at the same time, awesome. And then the last thing on the list that hadn't been done is now complete. Well, I hope you have a new list, but uh, she went, yeah, she went to Greece for two weeks. I did. And I learned, I really practiced my Greek. So when I was there speaking it, I tried, I didn't do great, but I understood a lot. And um, it was just so exciting to be there, to understand it, to be that my dad's from there. So it just like, and I landed in there and I just felt it was just incredible. And it was like, I kept saying to myself, this isn't a dream. This is really happening. I'm here. And I did it. And when I wrote it down, I, I really didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't. Yeah, and yeah. I did. And that's great. And I got my Louis. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who's going through cancer right now. And she, I had her on the podcast. In fact, I think it aired today. But, you know, one of the things that we talk about is positive attitudes. And that's, you know, shifting from your negative to your positive state made so much difference because I remember when you were telling me about when you were diagnosed with cancer, that you, your reaction was, oh my God, thank goodness I had COVID. You were seeing the glass half full. It wasn't like, oh my God, another thing. 
I got COVID and now I got this and uh, everything sucks, you know? So you, you, I think people get rewarded. I mean, it's the energy thing. And I talk about this is the energy that we emit, we attract back. And so you emit positive things, energy, you're going to attract positive energy back. So I commend you for really uh, changing all your thoughts and your attitude. Thank you for your help. Yeah. yeah. I really, I'm, oh, I I'm, love it. Oh, and I love I'm your parents, so... what they said to you too. That, oh like, my gosh. Yeah. My dad, my dad, who's not one to give out a lot of compliments, you know, he's just kind of a quiet, thoughtful man. And he actually just said it to me again the other day. He said exactly what you just said. He goes, you went through it with such a good attitude. And he goes, and I attribute a lot of that to your outcome. And he said, the balance that I have shown in the last two years with all the adverse, uh, adversity that I've kind of gone through, he goes, you have, you, he's like, I've, I couldn't have imagined anybody handling it any better than you did. And he told me how proud he was of me. Mm-hmm. And it really just, every time he's like, this is the second time he said that to me. And it's so weird. He said it the last time right before I spoke to you. But he was just saying how, um, you know, because he actually has COVID right now and he's been pretty sick for the last couple of weeks. And he's like, I can't believe how you went through it. And you really did have such a good attitude and you really did put your best, best, best foot forward. And instead of wallowing, I improved myself. I made myself a better person. And again, I mean, I wouldn't have done it if you didn't come across my Facebook feed at exactly the right time. You know, it's people like you and Karen that I continue to do this because I know it's possible and it's, it's so rewarding for me. So I love it. The other thing that I wanted to say, uh, what was, I was thinking of something as we were summing it up, maybe it'll come back. Oh yes. What I love. And if you're listening and you're debating, like, should I do the second ask spark school? What I want to tell you is that it's not just about you what Denise just said, can you imagine if you have parents who are alive seeing you go from so sad and unfulfilled and empty to living your best life and being so positive, being so happy and your kids and your grandkids and the role model that you are like, think of what Denise's kids now. And then she has the tools that can teach them because what I want for all of my students to be able to do is to teach what they learn to other people because it is powerful and is life-changing. Can I just add that if you're listening and you're deciding, you don't know me, but drink the Kool-Aid. It has changed my life. My relationships are deeper. They're better. And my life has meaning. Again, like, like Karen was saying, it's not this big, huge, grand purpose every day. It really is the little things that I'm finding joy and spark and interest and and I have goals and I have purpose even if it's you know I'm actually at my sister's right now (laughs) and you know hanging out with my sister and my mom and I don't know it's just it really has deepened so many different aspects of my life so drink up people yeah love it (laughs) any flavor (laughs) any flavor (laughs) all right so Karen's got a great story and she has a beautiful car with heated I'm so jealous she has a heated steering wheel (laughs) and she would be out driving a clunker right now if it weren't for her breakthrough right Karen well I was driving a 2005 Ford Escape and it had problems and I was afraid (laughs) to take it on the highway but it was an okay car but um, I don't want to call it a clunker so um I think the second time I took the free course I did not sign up for the Spark School, but I got an email that talked about a vision board thing. Was it a, a modified version just to focus on ants and pets? And part of that was the vision board. Okay. So, All right. um, at that time, so a year ago, I made a vision board and put some things on it that I wanted to accomplish during the year. One of the things was research a new car. So somewhere along the lines, I researched a, a new car. So towards the end of last year, I made a new vision board and I reworded that to buy a new car. And I put a picture of a Jeep Cherokee on it. And what had happened is my mother passed away in October. I had some extra cash from her estate. And I felt like that was one thing that I needed in my life was to upgrade my car so that I had a reliable vehicle 
So I did a little research. I found a used car lot that I knew someone who knew someone who was an agent there. So I was a walking in cold, went and talked to him. I said, I found these three cars online, wanted to drive them. So um, two of them were Jeeps and one was not. So I drove them all, didn't love them, went home, told them I'd think about it and come back next week. When I came back, I drove the one that I liked the best. And as I was getting out of that car, after I had driven it, he came over and was asking me questions about it. And I looked across and there's another one. And I said, what about that one over there? And it was a white Jeep Cherokee. It had a tow hitch package, which is something I wanted. It had low miles. It was a 2014, but only had 53,000 miles. And um, he said, oh, that just came in. We haven't even cleaned it up yet. And um, it's not ready to drive. So I said, okay, I'll come back. <laughs> and um, so by the time I got back, they had figured out a price on it, had it all cleaned up. And I feel I put those thoughts out into the universe. I feel um, my mother and father had planned their estate so that their children have this extra, um, you know, ha had some money from them. I feel that my husband, who's on the other side, had part in bringing this car to me. See, I'm going to get Terry, but <laughs> anyway, it was, um, it, it was not only part of the program, making the vision board, thinking about what I really needed in my life and putting it out there to the universe. But I just feel it was inspired. I'm a spiritual person. I feel that I had help from, um, solidifying the thoughts of what I really wanted in my life and telling the universe or God or whoever. And I feel like I had help in finding that car and that it was put in the right place at the right time. And it seems silly that something so uh, physical and worldly as a car would um, have a spiritual side to it. But I just feel that that it was meant to be. So yeah, um, something, so something oh, was, I forgot yeah. to tell the whole other part. Yeah. The Jeez. other part. I'm like, that was really, <laughs> she, she almost did not get this car. Well, I think that was before you went back. You hadn't gone well, back yet. I had actually, no, I had actually driven the one I liked. I decided okay. I wanted to do it. And then I, I said, I'm going to think about it overnight. I went home. I sent a text to my son. I sent a text to my friend. I'm thinking of buying this car. What do you think? Why I felt I had to ask people's permission, I don't know. <laughs> well, you do know now. And then I just, <laughs> just my overthinking. I mean, you're spending a lot of money on something. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. And I had- Oh, and I, yeah, I just want to touch on this because I, I, I talked about this in the training. It's the thinking she's doing is coming from the brain, not from the heart. The heart was leading her and she was kind of like suppressing that. And, and one of the big things that Karen learned is that her heart is right. And so that was, yeah. So go ahead. And like I said before, I just overthink things. I felt like I needed everybody's approval instead of just going with my gut. And um, I think we had a coaching call that yes. night. Yeah. And, and your question to me was, well, it doesn't, you know, it didn't matter to you if I bought the car or not, but you said, Will your life be different in six months if you change your mind on the decision that you've already made? And I just had this flood of, yeah, I'm driving a clunker. I have things I want to do. Part of what I want to have happen in the next year is to go on some road trips. I need a good, reliable car as a single woman. And the next day I went and I walked into the dealership and I said, okay, we're going to do it. And I made that decision all on my own. I didn't back up and, you know, re-ask anybody. I just woke up that morning and said, I'm going to go do this. Since I made that purchase, I've been to Arizona, I've been to California. It's a great car on the highway. It's a nice warm car, four-wheel drive for driving in the snow around here. And I'm very happy with it. And yeah. I love too, because one of the indications too, is you were asking people and you didn't like their answers. And so <laughs> right. in that, when, when you, you know, you're like, eh, 
that means, okay, yeah, your brain is asking, but your heart is like, no, I am. More. I should so have I made the that. decision on yeah. my own to begin with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one thing that Karen also said to me, which really I loved, and it made me feel like I have these little birdies that come in to the program and then they learn how to fly. And so <laughs> one of the things she said is that I teach people how to coach themselves. And that is so powerful to me because I don't want people to have to rely on anybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. And I want them to, and then they can take that and help other people as well. Cause if they know how to coach themselves, they, they know how to be in relationships from kind of a coaching perspective, which comes with a whole different mindset and you can really help people when you have that talent. So I thank you for that insight. That was really resonated with me when you said that. So you guys, you are coaching yourselves and you're doing just fantastic. And so couldn't be prouder. Well, thank you. Thank Proud you so mama much. Mama bird. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming on here and sharing your stories. I, I, I love these ladies. I love my students and everybody is so, so unique in their own special way. And once they start to understand that how limitless they are and and how powerful they can be if they just step into that belief. And here, here's two examples. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Us. It was good to see you. All right. Fly away. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.